Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,352. Today we're going to get involved with a little creative disorder. You'll understand in a few minutes. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Johnson City, Tennessee, with a very special guest by the name of Brant Fuquay. Hey, Brant, <laughs> welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's do it. All right, we'll have some fun. One thing I want to ask you before we start here, what's one little thing that people don't know about you, Brant? Most people probably don't know, but I play video games every single night. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, you're one of those guys. All yep, right, so that, that begs me to ask, what games do you like? Uh, right now I'm playing Apex Legends and playing a little Call of Duty. All right. Very good. You know, I just, I've never gotten into that. Now I'm from a different, uh, demographic, I think, since I'm older than you. My son, when he was a teenager, kind of got into some of that kind of stuff, but, uh, I just, it never captured my attention, maybe because I was just too busy raising a family and trying to run a, (laughs) run a business. But my gosh, the gaming industry is insanely massive. It's incredible. They're spending as much on games as they are on movies in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. It just It's quite crazy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like when the app craze started. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom once said, well, why don't you invent one of those things and get rich? And I didn't know much about them. And I looked up, I forget the app I looked up, and I went, you know how many people work in this company? There's like over 100 <laughs> people working in this company. To yep. create. And then I started going, wait a minute. Okay, what's involved here? And then, you, you know, like, like Candy Crush is a good example. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't play that either, but I know some people that are just addicted to it. So, uh, yeah. It's a simple game, but they got a huge following. They got a huge oh, following. yeah. Sometimes it's best to be simple. So uh, There you go. There yeah, you go. <laughs> absolutely. Well, let me introduce you here. Brand Fuquay owns Graphic Disorder, a screen print embroidery and design business. He has 14 employees and largely serves the automotive community with designs and apparel. Brand's passions are in the realm of customs and the lowrider community. He had a 1994 Toyota pickup on hydraulics when he was just 18 and later moved on to the more custom truck scene with airbagged and body-dropped custom trucks and cars. And today, he drives a 2019 Ram 3500 that lays frame on 26 inches. Brandt is also into supercars, well, and games too. But let's stay with the supercar theme here. He has owned two Corvettes, two Ferraris, a McLaren, and two Porsches, be still my heart, including his current 2022 GT3 Get this, it's in paint to sample Ruby Star. Oh man, you're a brave fellow. But I love that color. Yeah, (laughs) I love that color. Along with his fiance Shelly, who's been there for this from the start uh, and keeps the ship moving, really, like most women in us guys' lives do. Uh, they have three cats who basically are their kids. We'll be back in just a minute, so keep the seatbelt buckled tight. I want to go for riding that Ruby Star GT3, though. (laughs) And we'll be right back. All right. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up, way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner 
that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and first-hand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Brant, we are back. So I want to have you take us on a little journey here of how you got here with graphic disorder. And I told Brant, for you listeners, before we started the show, that way back when I was a teenager, I had a screen printing business with a friend of mine. We printed shirts and hats and stickers and bumper stickers and all these different things. Really, you brought back some memories when I looked at your website. You're far, far more talented than I was back in the day. But how did you get to this point in your life? Because you've got quite the business going. I appreciate that. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we started in, uh, I mean, kind of messing around with, with artwork back in like 2021 or 2001, I'm sorry. And we were just uh, trying to make some extra money, you know, doing some Photoshop work for people, logo, logo designs, business cards, that kind of stuff. Hadn't got into screen printing yet, but it was more or less just to try to make the you know ends meet. We were not making a lot of money, and uh, we had more free time than we had <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> that we knew what to do with. So we were just trying to to make the ends meet, and so we started doing that kind of stuff. And we were you know we were selling stickers and stuff on eBay and and, and stuff like that just to get going. But I kind of, that kind of led us to the next thing where you know we were producing this artwork, and then the next thing you know, it's like people want to get it printed, they want to make a T-shirt, they want to do the next step, and we didn't have a way to do that, but. It just kind of led us to doing it. So we uh, we moved out of an apartment, moved into my parents' basement, and uh, you know bought a single head embroidery machine and a small manual cheap eBay press and started screen printing T-shirts and embroidering hats. In addition to doing artwork, and uh, just kind of grew the business from there. You know, we were in my parents' basement for a while, uh, about eight years, <laughs> uh, which I'm sure uh, was no fun for them sometimes. But <laughs> Maybe, yeah. We, 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 
we, we outgrew 2,500 square feet pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, it was, it was always a labor of love. We were there all the time. We never stopped working. Well, have you always been a very creative person? I mean, did you do a lot of art as a kid? Did you study art in school at all? I didn't. I had a lot of friends that were into art and, and they were always so much better than I was. So I, I think it was one of those things where I was intimidated by their skill level versus mine. So I didn't really, I didn't really get into it till I was older. Uh, in fact, my, my lead artist now, uh, and my fiance are who showed me how to use Photoshop and, and I was, I'm creative enough, but I wouldn't call myself a graphic designer, uh, or why well, I probably call myself a graphic designer, not an artist. Like, you know, uh, they are artists. They're more talented in that respect than I am, but I'm pretty good at doing art, but I, I'd still put myself as like a graphic designer, you know? Well, one of the things I find interesting here is typically a creative person that would go into this field. I studied graphic design and advertising and business in college, and that was my job for my first 11 years. I was a graphic designer. Now, this is before computers and all the, the wonderful tools that you have today. However, um, like you, I was always a bit intimidated by really classically trained or really great artists like drawing and painting. That wasn't my deal. So I did graphic work like you did. However, uh, there's a need for that in business. And so it sounds like to me, especially with as many employees you have, because a lot of people in businesses like yours that are small, there's just them doing all the work and then they have to figure out the business side. Did you take kind of a swap here? Did you tackle the business side? And that's how you grew by bringing in creative people. Is that how you did it? That's exactly how I did it. Me and Shelly, when we moved, we, we ended up moving my, my, our business to Johnson City from my parents' basement into an actual building, which is the building we're still in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we did that, we needed to hire an artist, and we hired, he's one of my best friends, Eric is our lead artist, and uh, he was just far better than I am at everything. Um, and it was to the point where I couldn't run the business and be the artist, you know what I mean? Uh, so there was just too many hats. I was just too wearing, wearing too many hats. <laughs> right. And he was better at art than I was, so I knew that would be a great upgrade for our business as far as the art goes, and then I could spend more time running the business instead of like being buried in the day-to-day. Well, I think in a way, that was a, a lucky, fortuitous thing for you to not be so entrapped in the creative side because I hear this, let's say, particularly in the automotive industry where people are restoring cars. That's what they love to yep. do. They start their own shop. They love to work on cars, but then they realize business has this entirely other complex side to it of payroll and finding space and finding Mm -hmm. insurance and all this stuff that they go, I hate this stuff. And instead of finding people that are good at that, where they're weak, they try to do it all. And that's where they fail. They just can't fail. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of creative people, including in restoring cars and, you know, paint and body guys and chassis guys, they're, they're very great at those tasks, but they're not always the best business you know what I mean? Right. Not that I am either, but I, <laughs> well. I, cer- I certainly lean myself more to the business side than I am the other side now. Uh, I, w- I would be a train wreck if I tried to do our art now. I wouldn't even be close. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great lesson for our listeners out there that are trying to run their own businesses is find what you're strong in and even more importantly, what you're passionate about and do that and then hire great people that are much better, more talented, smarter, sharper to surround yourself with. And that's how you get out of the folks' basement and into a building and create a real company. And it's how you can scale. And it's also eventually how you can sell the business because it's not tied to your skill set, right? Yep. Or retire. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to sell it ever. I, don't, I wouldn't say. Um, obviously, enough money would do it. But, I, I you know, I, I don't think I'd ever sell necessarily. But I, I do want to see it continue. You know, I don't ever want to see it just go away because I decided to quit 
retire or whatever. Well, you and I need to have another little talk about that, my friend, <laughs> because you need to put that on your radar, honestly. Uh, yeah. You need to think about that down the line. I've had plenty of friends who are incredibly talented, have very, I mean, massively successful businesses, but they don't have a succession plan. Now, you're, you're still a young guy, so you got some time to lay that out in front of you, but I highly recommend that's what you do. Because yeah. when you build a strong business like you have, it's worth something to someone else. And it sure. might surprise you how much it worth. Yeah. But that's a, for a talk for another day. Sure. Let's get yeah. back to uh, let's get back to cars, though, because I mentioned in your introduction, you know, you're a car guy. You're passionate about cars. And you kind of started in this uh, kind of hydraulics and truck world. What got you into cars? Uh, I had some, you know, I was uh, I was probably 13 when some of my older friends just started driving. And uh, some of them were, you know, they, they would work on their own cars in the garage and, and stuff like that. So I was, I would be seeing these cars for two or three years. It's trucks mostly, actually. Mm-hmm. And these guys, one of my friends uh, put hydraulics on uh, one of his trucks. And it was just, to me, it was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. You know, uh, you know, we, you know, a lot of our friends had lowered trucks, but they were just lowered. They were just, you know, there wasn't a lot done to them. A couple, you know, a couple guys put stereos and wheels or whatever, but they wouldn't paint them really. And, you know, interiors were pretty much stock and, you know, that was pretty much it because we were all young high school kids. Yeah, you, know? you don't have much money at that point. We, we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there was a couple of friends that had hydraulics and they just, I just couldn't get enough of it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, so that kind of really lit the fire for customs for me. I, I had to have something. And so I lowered my first truck and, and eventually put hydraulics on it when I was, I think, 17 or 18. And, uh, and of course, the same guy that had hydraulics on his truck is the one that did mine. So, yeah, yeah. You know, done in his, you know, home garage. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't crazy or nothing like that. But it was, to me, it was the coolest thing. I loved it. Well, that's the fun part. I had a Carmagee in high school, and I wanted to do some custom stuff to it. Not too crazy, but that led to, you know, the, you know, the rabbit hole you go down here and go, well, maybe we repaint it. Okay, strip the paint off. <laughs> oh, it's got some body work. I got to learn how to do that. But I had a friend that had a wonderful shop at his garage that his dad had pretty much funded, and he helped me pull the engine out. We built that 1600 up to a 2110cc motor and, you know, dual carbs and did all this stuff to it that I never thought I'd be doing. But with the help of of a friend who had done it yeah. uh yeah you can figure this stuff out as you go and volkswagens aren't that complicated so there you go then i ended up yeah. with a you know lowered the thing a little bit and yeah all that fun stuff so uh, and you get to spend a lot of time with your friends too so it's you know yeah. it's, it's, and you save some money because you're not spending you know on some super professional doing it you know because right. you can't afford that anyway yeah. so. as a kid yeah. keeps you from doing stuff you shouldn't be doing too oh so. it kept me out of trouble i stayed away from drugs and drinking and everything else when i was young i didn't get into any of that stuff because i was always out just working on my cars like you know, I, I didn't have money for that other stuff <laughs> yeah well that's the same thing yeah i had a friend one time that was kind of getting involved in some drug stuff and i said why would i waste my money on that i need a new set of wheels yeah so, i need tires i need yeah. <laughs> i need this i need that yeah, yeah it's a good thing well you've also had some pretty cool supercars my friend i'm Holy cow. I mentioned Corvettes, Ferrari, McLaren, Porsches, and of course, a fairly new GT3 in paint-a-sample Ruby Star. That's an insane color. You're a brave guy. So for listeners out there that may not know what we're talking about, you got to look up this paint color, which has become a standard color for Porsche. I mean, you it's not a paint to sample anymore for many Porsche cars. Did you buy this car new? Did you buy it from somebody? I, I bought this one used, and it, it is a paint to sample color still. Yeah, so it, you know, I got it. Uh, I got it maybe four months ago, I think. Okay. Uh, before that, I had a GT3 RS, uh, the nine nine two or nine nine one dot two. Oh my gosh. Um, 
So I had a 19 GT3 RS and uh, love that car to death. Uh, and I'd really like to have the new GT3 RS, but, uh, oh, yeah, no kidding. you know, I'm, 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 uh, nowhere near being able to find one of those. They're, they're unheard of right now. So, uh, I, I had to have the new version of the nut GT3. So I, I seen that color and I just, I had to have it in my mind. Porsches have to be a loud color. I, uh, that just, that's just for me. That's the way it has to be. I don't want another silver Porsche or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I tell you something, I've always been a very conservative person when it comes to all this and all my cars. And I bought a 05 E46 M3. I still have it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's 18 years old now. I love that car. It's just great. It's got low miles. And I came so close to ordering what they called Phoenix yellow. You familiar mm-hmm. with that color? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and the the guy called and said, "Okay, Mark, you got to decide today. Is it going to be silver like you've always had, or Phoenix yellow, or we're going to take a blue?" And I like, oh, silver. And yeah, <laughs> you, got, I, you chickened out, didn't you? <laughs> I chickened out, and yeah. you know, but if you follow me, you'll know that I did for 14 years have a paint to sample 87 Turbo in right. metallic orange pearl. I called my orange crush, and that car opened me up to. You know what? Live life a little bit. Be more like Brandt. And so um, I'm hoping someday I can. I've always wanted to order a new Porsche. I've had, I think I've had 12 911s. Um, Mostly they've been pretty mundane, dull colors, except for my orange crush. And so uh, Ruby Star, though, is something. And every time I show it to my wife, she just gets this look on her face like, what? Are you crazy? It's not for everyone. I'll tell you that. It's one of those colors, love or hate colors. But you know what? We buy cars for ourselves, right? Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. And, so uh, you know, I mean, when I had my 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 uh, my GT3 RS was was Wizard, which is a oh, bright another green. one, bright green. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is you know, it's a bright color, but honestly, it's a fraction of the people would comment on that color compared yeah. to Ruby Star. It is it is night and day. Uh, people can't get enough of it, and and I'm sure there's people that don't love it and they don't say anything. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it's not it's not their car. <laughs> Well, exactly right. Exactly right. Well, gosh, I love it. Brave, brave, brave man. You know, I want to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are through what I call our driving inspirations, influential, perhaps mentors in your life. Is there somebody like that that really helped you along? Oh, my parents, you know, uh, my mom had her own business. Um, when I was growing up, she was a hairdresser and my father was a VP of a, a large company. So the work ethic was just paramount in, in my youth and, and not necessarily taught. I, I wouldn't say it was just led by example type thing. Yep. Um, you know, so, I mean, they didn't have to set me down and tell me you have to do this or you have to know it was, it was very clear the, the right way and the wrong way to do certain things. And that wasn't just in work. It was pretty much just everything. I mean, you know, so I learned that I, I feel like fairly young and I've always had that. I mean, every job I ever had before I started my business, I was, I excelled at. It was mostly because nobody had any work ethic, you know, people would come to work and, and not that you would expect that at, at some of the younger jobs I had, yeah. you know, uh, those people didn't shine. They didn't come and treat it serious, whether it was, you know, $5 an hour, or whether it was $50 an hour, it was, it doesn't matter. They didn't care, you know, so it wasn't hard to excel at that. And, and I saw the fruits of that. I mean, uh, even when I was young, I, I, uh, I used to, I, my first job was at Hardy's, okay. which, you know, a terrible job, but by 17, they made me crew leader. So there I was, you know, the boss of, you know, people that were 40. Much older know. than you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and of course that didn't go over well. And then yeah. I'd done so well at that. I actually went with uh, the general manager and we fixed two or three other stores together wow. where we took from losing money to, to, to profitable in a couple months each. And I, and I hated the job to be honest with you, but uh, I, I still treated it like you know, it was what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, right now. So that's, I did it the way it was supposed to be done. You know, I even got offered my own restaurant at 18 years old when I tried to quit, you know, at 18 years old, that was a, that would have been a fantastic wage and, 
you know, uh, all that would, I mean, it would have been, I'm sure I'd been fine doing that job, but, uh, not I hate it. Yeah. 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 Not my passion, not for me, not, not, not my thing. And I knew if I didn't leave right there, I was going to end up in a different path. Get stuck. Uh, in not, it. Not, yeah. Not that I knew I was going to be, you know, running a screen print shop or something like that. It wasn't even on the horizon, but, uh, I just knew that I, I didn't want to work at fast food the rest of my life. So I, I didn't let that happen and I, I quit, but, uh, you know, that all came from my parents, you know, it was all work ethic. And, and my uncle was also, he had his own uh, business. So I had a lot of uh, examples in my life, you know, of people doing things the right way. And, and it was just it's through hard work, you know. Yeah, you're very fortunate. Those of us who have great parents, like I did too, uh, that gave me those examples of hard work. I think my dad got his from uh, growing up on a farm where there is, you always have to work hard or otherwise the cows die and the the wheat doesn't grow and you don't eat. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, we are very fortunate to have those kind of influences. And I remember my father, one of the great pieces of advice he gave me, and it sounds like you got something similar was he said, Mark, no matter what job you do, this is when I was in junior high, he said, treat it like you own the business. Yep. No matter how menial, if you're sweeping the deck on a loading dock on a furniture delivery company like I did. I was delivering furniture one summer. But you also learned what you don't like, right? And I went, I don't ever want to do this again. This is no fun at all. But you learn a lot of great things. And of course, the boss recognizes that. In my case, when I told him I was going to leave, I mean, you thought the guy was going to cry, you know, and I said, why? He goes, I'll double your pay. (laughs) You know, and you kind of go, you'll double my pay. <laughs> and you go, mm, you know what? I really just don't like this. And right. uh, yeah, so uh, wonderful deal. Now, let me, let's talk a little bit about challenges because when you have your own business, there's lots of challenges. When you were building this business, and even today, we could relate to a story today, but share a story that was really challenging, but it taught you a really val- valuable lesson. Oh, there's been so many. <laughs> uh, no uh, kidding. But, I mean, moving down here was tough. Um, when we moved to my parents' basement, we were, we were looking for space. Um, when it, when we live in Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania, everything's so expensive buildings and, you know, whatnot, even just renting them were just astronomical. Um, so I mean, moving down here, we spent a, a lot of our savings, um, to, to, you know, just move six or seven hours down the road, you know, scary at the time. And, and now I wish I'd done it sooner, of course, but <laughs> back then that, that was, that was very scary. And we also had a fire here. We had, we had a, Oh no. Yeah. I bought my building in 2012. I think it was 20, yeah, 2012. Um, and we had, at the time, it had uh, a second suite, and that suite was rented. And so it was kind of nice because I essentially bought a building that had a renter. So it was a smart guy, too. Yeah, so I had it. So I know, it's like a business almost. I have rental income, whatnot. And, and it almost was covering the mortgage, to be honest with you. So that wow. was, was kind of like a no-brainer when we bought it. But a few years later, and this was in 2018, um, we came in early working that morning because we were so busy. And uh, I think we were here at 6 or something. We were printing by 7. And uh, the building started smell, uh, filling with smoke our side. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I'm like, well, we didn't know where the fire was coming from. We didn't smoke. We didn't know where any of this was coming from. And, you know, once we figured out it wasn't our side, well, obviously it's got to be the other side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, we went over there, and, and uh, which was scary because he didn't really occupy that space. It was like a warehouse. It was a oh, Okay. And so basically a semi would drop off pallets. The pallets would get broke down, put into a smaller truck, and delivered to gas stations and, and whatnot. So he was never really in there. So for it to be on fire was kind of concerning, you know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know if he was in there or what, but it, it, it literally basically burnt that side of the building, aside from the outside four walls, entirely up. Like it, there was yeah, nothing. Oh, wow. Office, everything. There was a vehicle in there burnt down, you know, like all. So it was scary, you know. 
city was trying not to give us power and and all this stuff. And even though our side was fine, it just smoke damage. You know, it was scary because I thought my employees were going to be, you know, laid off. Work, yeah. Yeah. But we, we got through it. We were down about three days and uh, we, we, you know, twisted some people's arms and got things working. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, but that was scary. I, you know, you, I, when we were outside watching the small fire, we thought the whole building was going to burn down. So, uh, you know, I, I, you're, you're bringing back a horrible memory. I had the exact same thing happen at a company I was running and part of, uh, it was a big industrial building where we, occupied one end of it and there were multiple buildings next to us and yeah i was in there i think it was a weekend because i always came in and work weekends you know as you do and uh somebody was work came into work also to help me with something and uh, he came running in he said there's smoke in the warehouse i'm like what and you go out there mm-hmm. and like what's on fire you're running around trying to find it and you know you get out of the building and call 911 and sure enough it was the building next to it uh, mm. that uh, something caught on fire there was nobody there and uh even though it had that fire wall you know a concrete mm-hmm. wall it was coming yep. in through the roof yeah you know and uh yeah same way ours same way yep. literally <laughs> yeah and so their place burned up our place didn't burn up but it was filled with smoke and we we had a full of product that we shipped we were mm-hmm. direct mail catalog business now you have stuff you can't sh- sell because yeah, it smells it's like smoke, smoke. Yep. yeah so yeah that was terrible oh man i'd forgotten all about us. that <laughs> Our, ours was ours was separated by a big block brick wall and uh, the, the smoke came over the top and we had probably around twenty thousand dollars worth of garments in the building at the time yeah. that we were printing yep. and uh, those were all ruined i mean there was nothing wrong with them but they smelled like smoke yeah. nobody wants yeah. that nobody wants to buy that so we had to you know we had to ditch them and uh, you know, <sighs> insurance was great so it wasn't the end of the world but it was one of those things where you know when it's happening you're wondering do i have all my <laughs> yeah all my, my ducks in a row here like are we going to be okay like is the building going to burn down or is my insurance going to be fine well it's one of those things that a lot of companies surprisingly small people skimp on and you just you got to sit back and go what yep. if and it got to have have insurance coverage no matter what kind of business you have because things and it turns out my insurance guy was great when he sold me what he sold me which i of course thought was expensive at the time but i bought it anyway you know it turns out he advised me right so we we had we had no (laughs) worries at all in fact he came he was here within 30 minutes and ready to write a check for any anything we needed for the short term you know it was great you know brought us food awesome yep Get what you paid yeah, for. Got, Get what, what you, you paid, paid for. for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we we talk a little bit about special vehicles. You've had some cool cars. I, I mentioned some of them. Is there one when you think about all these cars you've had that stands out? Uh, pr- probably my GT3 RS. Yeah, uh, the previous car I just got rid of. Um, it was just such a a special car for me. Um, you know, we, I, I I tracked a few cars before that car, but they were not really track cars. You know, uh, I had my Ferraris and whatnot. Uh, they're fast cars, but they're not built for that. You know, the GT3RS is just uh, a weapon. Like, there's no other, I mean, you know, there's no other time. It, it was just a weapon. And so it was such a special car for me. Yeah, it was It was really hard for me to get rid of that car. I really didn't want to. Um, but at the same time, I just wanted to get into the new Porsches and take a step forward. <laughs> sure. I understand. Yeah, there's always the next yeah, one, just like uh, Dr. Yeah, Porsche always, always said. So <laughs> I, I understand. I've got the same affliction. So I'm a bit of a car consultant here, a specialist. Uh, I want to crawl into your head a little bit here, Brant. If you were manifest or reincarnated as a vehicle, what would you be and why? Ooh, I'd probably be like a McLaren Senna or something like that, Ooh. where they're, you know, kind of kind of ugly. <laughs> I'm kind of ugly. <laughs> oh, come on. You're not ugly. <laughs> Gee whiz. Be a, little, be a little nice. No, I don't uh, think so. <laughs> but that, that car, didn't, it wasn't received that well uh, when it was first released. But it's such a weapon as well. It's a, 
it's just a brute force accelerating car and it handles so well. Uh, I've got a lot of track records with that car. You know, that's probably, probably what I'd be as a car. <laughs> well, sounds like you're a hardcore performance type guy and not only with your business, but with your cars. So, but the center was pretty cool. I remember sitting in that thing and I, I'll tell you, my impression was it's a lot simpler than I thought it yep. would be when you compare it to like Ferrari and Lamborghinis with all the kind of glitz and glitter and bling. Yep. But I, it just, I felt so good next. It, it felt special. Oh, they feel me. special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I love Ayrton. So the center name uh, adds an ambiance to it sure as well. Does. Is there a, a great book? that you've read that you'd like to share that maybe you learn a lot of cool things from? I'll be honest with you. I don't, I've not read a lot of books, but I do listen to some eBooks once in a while. Um, oh, and okay. I do a lot of YouTube listening to, you know, people speak and like Elon or yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Rogan whatnot. Um, so I, you know, I'm kind of versed in all that stuff. Uh, one eBook I did like was rich dad, poor dad. Uh, if of you haven't heard that one, it's a pretty good one. Oh, I love, course. you know, even yeah. though it's kind of a hypothetical situation, it, I really liked it. Uh, and, you know, some people don't, draw those two different, you know, ends of the spectrum when they think about things. So I, it, it, it was a cool book to reference to people. I read that when it first came out long, long ago. And uh, it really resonated with me having been a, a young entrepreneur and having several businesses when I was quite mm-hmm. young, starting with a detailing business and then the screen printing business and all these different things. Kiyosaki talks about in there is yeah so i bought that book for both my kids when they went it's a great one to kick off yeah for sure yeah yeah very cool so let's go on the ultimate drive here which you know given the cars you've had my friend uh you've done a lot of ultimate (laughs) drive so uh but here's the difference i'm paying for the car today so i don't care what it costs i'm gonna buy you whatever you'd like you can take it anywhere you'd like and you can go with anybody even somebody who's no longer with us which opens up a world of unique driving companions sure. or uh, co-pilots. So what does it look like for you? Uh, I bet you buy me the new GT3 RS. Uh, okay, I'll do that. take me to the Nürburgring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and cool. I'm going to take my fiance, even though she probably wouldn't actually go. Uh, and we're not going to be talking about much. We're just going to be going fast. Uh, I would, I've always wanted to go to the ring and uh, give it a run. So that would be that would be a blast for me. And a, okay. like a bucket yeah, well, list car thing for me, <laughs> for sure. Well, for sure. Yeah, I've been there three times and um, it's an insane place. It's one of those places that you get a huge respect for the guys that used to race that back in the day, especially in super fast, you know, Formula One type cars and uh, even the cars today. But it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those places that you just go, what? And I was with a friend. So what we did was we got a map and we would do like rally drivers and we would call out the corners. Yeah, and say, you know, hard left, long mm-hmm. right, maybe. Uh, <laughs> like, where am I? I can't figure out yeah. where we are. I'm like, tell me where the next yeah. corner is, damn it. It's a long track. <laughs> this was back in the day that you could uh, rent a car, take a rental car on the track. They don't let you do that anymore for good yeah. reason. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty well, cool place. Well, I'd be happy to do that. But since your fiance wouldn't want to go, you'd have to take go. me there with you. you. Okay? If you buy the car, I'm yeah. definitely okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> No kidding. Yeah, we'll do a uh, European delivery, pick that up, drive it over there and uh, have some fun. You've taken me on a fun ride today and I I really appreciate you spending time with me. I want to do a shout out to a mutual friend and a past Cars Yeah guest, Patrick McKay. He's the one who introduced me to Brant. So Patrick, hey, you said this guy was a superstar and you were right. So thank you very much. Before I let you go today, could you share some parting words of inspiration and advice for us? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Um... Do the work. You have to do the work um, or you're not going to get anywhere, um, you know, in, in business or in life period. So if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get there. 
uh, if you don't ever get started, you won't get finished either. So uh, that's uh, that's a you know that's a good one. Uh, and I love this quote. I've, I've been hearing a lot of it lately, but I, I've hung on to it for a few years now. Uh, if you think the cost of success is high, wait till you get the bill from regret. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I'll tell you something. Uh, when I started this uh, podcast. I really was thinking long and hard. Uh, you, you listeners can go back and learn why I started it and how I started it. But um, I just got interviewed by a past guest, Greg Blue, on my ninth year anniversary last month, or actually it was back in May. Yeah, where are we? We're in July now. Holy yep. cow. <laughs> my life is flying by. Uh, but um, I almost didn't do it. And my wife said that to me. She said, if you don't at least give this a try, you're going to always say, wonder what would have happened. Exactly. So I wouldn't be sitting here talking to Brant or all the other 2,350 plus guests who've been on the show. So yeah, if you think the cost of success is high, the cost of regret is even higher. Shoulda, woulda, yep, coulda. Absolutely. Words of a loser. So, <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, and if you're a regular listener, you know where that one came from too. So how can people learn more about graphic disorder? Oh, it's simple. Uh, you know, you go to our website, graphicdisorder.com or any of the socials were at graphic disorder. There you go. I'll put links to all of those on Brant's show notes page. Check him out. Check out Graphic Disorder. Uh, truly a sign of hard work equals success. Brant, thanks for uh, dialing in today. Really, now you got the Ruby Star going to my brain, dude. Uh, mm, yeah, One to consider, a, sir. <laughs> I, it is one to consider. Be brave like Brant. That's what I'll remember. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. 20, 50, or 100 years from now, will there be a workforce to care for the collector vehicles we love? With auto shop programs disappearing across the country, it's a question we enthusiasts have to ask. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these vehicles aren't lost to time. One of the many ways RPM, which is short for Restoration Preservation and mentorship is accomplishing this goal is through workforce development initiatives. The RPM apprenticeship program enables the next generation of artisans to earn a living while they learn the craft of restoring and preserving these vehicles directly from industry professionals. The Endangered Skills Program documents the process of masters training future craftspeople on a variety of critical skills in danger of being lost forever. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of the collector vehicle skills trade, visit RPM Foundation today. They're one of the charities of choice here on Cars Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!